Well, today we're going to do a little short series called, Who is the Greatest? Now, wouldn't you want to know that, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Because I, I would like to know that myself, to know what kind of measurement, what kind of criteria is God looking at us to consider us to be great? I would like to be great. Don't you want to be great? In God's eyes. Not in earthly eyes, but in God's eyes. Because God looks at things a little bit different than we do, doesn't he? We have the accolades and the, uh, you know, the, the applause of men, the accomplishments that we have done that people marvel at. So who is the greatest? This is a question. Now, in earthly realms, there's a guy that considered himself the greatest. This guy right here. Anybody know that guy? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I'm the greatest. <laughs> he said he was the greatest fighter of all time, and uh, I can't disagree with him. Could you disagree with him on that? No, he was great. Here's another guy. They call him the great one. Anybody know who that is? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. Very good, Ron. You pick up your prize at the end of the service. <laughs> <laughs> They call him the great one because he has so many records. He has the most records of anybody. He even has the most assists as well as the most scoring. And he only won one championship, so he's very happy here. And then let's see another guy. Now, who's that guy? Michael Air Jordan doing a slam dunk contest. Look how high he is. Well, we know he's great because he was in six championships. He won three, and then he took two years off, won another three, and he was MVP in all six uh, championship series. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so he, he, he strived to be great. Now, in the music industry, we have some great people. This guy's called what? The, the king of what? Rock and roll <laughs> is here to stay, Mr. Elvis Presley. Here's another guy. He's the king of what? King of soul. You're gathering a lot of points right here. <laughs> Richard has got it down. Now, notice, you see his lapel or his, his bow tie? JB, that's, you've arrived, you know, when you put your initials on your bow tie? JB, James Brown. Everybody knows. What's his, what song is he famous for? Mm. Like I know that I should now. I feel good. You know, we were watching. I, Marianne's mom was at the house. And we were watching an old film of, of James Brown. She goes, I love that song, 82-year-old mom. I love that song. Okay, I'll play it again for you. <laughs> then came along this guy, Michael. And he was the king of pop. Richard got, are you, you going to my notes? Is that what you did? No. <laughs> he was the king of pop. And what is he famous for? Beat it and the, the moonwalk, right? Yes. So these are all great people. People applaud them. How many of these people made heaven, though, or are going to make heaven? We don't know. <laughs> Only God knows. Elvis, here's a funny story about Elvis, because I heard this uh, reported, that, you know, of course, he, he was taught the gospel. He knew the gospel. He sang gospel songs. And every night after he performed, he was troubled in his spirit. Because he knew he wasn't, you know, singing to the Lord. So he would have people come to his apartment or his hotel, and they would sing to him gospel songs, choirs, and all kinds of people, all kinds of church people would come and sing to him to the morning, 
You know that, right? Three or four in the morning. And he had everybody there, Frank Sinatra, uh, um, Dean Martin. If you came to see his show, you had to come back and sing gospel songs with him. So we don't know where his soul is, but there is a deposit on the inside of him to serve the Lord. Amen? So, um, so who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Does anybody know what the criteria is to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Yes, Liz. If you believe, you must be the lead, she says. Least, least, very good. Need to get you a microphone back there so we can hear you. So this is what happened here. Jesus is getting ready to do the Last Supper. We're going to do the Last Supper here as well. And he gathers his disciples together, and he talks to them, and he says, you know, I have great desire to have this meal with you because this bread symbolizes my body that's going to be given to you. This blood symbolizes my blood that's going to be shed for you. He says, and the betrayer is here at the table. Woe be unto him that he betrayed the Son of God. So they say that, but behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table, and truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe! So that when Jesus said woe, that means woe, look out, to that man by whom he is betrayed. So here's what the disciples do. They began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. They had no clue. They didn't know who it possibly could be. And that's amazing that Jesus, who knew, did not tip his hand, did not show uh, uh, any kind of anger or uh, resentment to this person that's going to betray him. Now, I've been in Bible studies where I know people don't get along, and I just see their faces, and I can tell they don't like each other. I can tell they roll their eyes. Oh, brother. This, you know, <laughs> could people tell if you don't like somebody? Can they tell if you have a little angst about somebody? But Jesus, they could not figure it out. They were probably wondering, could it be Peter? Because Peter says a lot of crazy things. We don't know. It could be him. could be Andrew. He's kind of quiet. I don't know. Do you think it's him? Judas? No, it can't be Judas because he, he does the money. He's, he's, he's uh, valuable. It couldn't be him. So they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. And then the next verse says, in Luke 22, verse 24, Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Now, this is an amazing back-to-back -back scripture to me. First, Jesus is bearing his heart out and saying, you know, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm giving my body for you. I'm giving my blood for you. And woe is the one that betrays me. They try to figure out who it is. And then they go, well, you know what? Since you're leaving, <laughs> I was just wondering who, who amongst us is going to be the greatest. And I can just see Peter stand up and say, you know, you know, Jesus said to me that upon this rock I will build my church when I gave that great revelation of he is the son of God. And then someone else would say, yeah, but right after that, he said, get behind me, Satan, for you know not what you're saying. So I don't think that, that makes you the greatest. John said, well, you know, maybe it's me. I was called the beloved. I leaned on his breast. I'm close to him. Could it be me? Peter said, wait a minute. Okay, discussion over. Have any of you walked on water? Huh? Please. Has any of you walked on water? <laughs> then somebody else said, well, it's only two steps. I mean, come on. <laughs> we had to bail you out. Well, did you try it? And, I, and the Bible says there was a, a dispute amongst them. 
Then you see them arguing. These are the holy, beloved apostles arguing about who's the greatest. Dispute means what? Argument, bickering, resentment, conflict. These are the apostles. Has that ever happened to you? Where you come into conflict with one of your brethren and have a dis, you know, disunity? But they got over it. Did you get over it? Did you make amends? Did you bring peace to a situation? Or do you just let it linger and go on? I've had people that try to leave this church upset. And I just look at them and go, you don't have to leave upset. I love you, you know? Amen. You know, if, you, if, you, if we have a disagreement, that's okay. You can go, I love you. <laughs> and there's one guy, he, he, he was trying, he was with us for four years, maybe five years. And then he wanted to leave. He's making all these excuses about things. I go, you don't have to do, we, I love you. You, we can be friends. He goes, really? I go, yeah, we can be friends still. Okay, so we're friends now. He invites us over to dinner. We talk with him. Everything's fine. I don't want to have that disunity, that break. And so you do whatever. The Bible says, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. My wife had a lady at church. I don't know if I mentioned it a while back or at work, that they got into a little conflict harmless. You know, the devil works on our conversation. You know that? He works on our attitude, the way we say things. Sometimes you say it the wrong way and people, oh, they get taken back by it. So they said something and so all of a sudden they didn't talk for like two or three days. And we know how the Lord works. The Lord works on the hearts of people. So she just was at peace with it and finally she said, I can't take this any longer. Don't you, you can feel the thickness in the air sometimes when you don't get along with somebody. And we've learned the Bible says a gift in secret pacifieth anger. Amen? This is a trick, okay? It's a trick. You want to get, get your enemies on your side? So she bought her a little Easter uh, candy, a little, little basket-type candy, and put it on her desk and said, I just wanted to give this to you for Easter. Oh, she broke. Oh, that's so nice of you. How sweet of you. And that anger just flew away. Didn't have to talk about it, didn't have to discuss it, didn't have to say, well, you did this, but you said that, and I don't know why. We're Just be, let the Holy Spirit work through you to make things happen for the good of all. Amen? So um, after three years, they finally got it. And so they're arguing, <laughs> Jesus is so cool. If it was me, I'd say, boys, 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 please, you're missing the whole point. I'm here bearing my heart, y'all arguing. What are you doing arguing about this? Did he do that? No, what he did is, oh, let's see. I, I, meant to, I forgot to mention this part, because we have some celebrities in the church. Do you know that? They think when they walk into the room that they're all that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Don't you know how long I've been saved, you know? You know, I've, I've been around, Pastor. You know, I've been to many churches and been with the best, okay? Do you see my title? you see my titles? you see my claims? How good I... Do you know how much money I make? Do you really know how much money I make? I'm doing you a favor by coming here, okay? They think when they walk into a room, everybody should just bow down to them, take their picture, Right? And you can tell who's the divas around because when some people, when they walk into a room or go to a party, they say, here I am. But the real servants come in and go, oh, there you are. I'm so glad that you could make it. 
right? The attention now is not on you, but it's on, on them. So, so Jesus does something here. Let's see the next, next slide. So he's explaining what uh, Liz was trying to tell us. It says, instead of giving them a big lecture, he gives them an example. He says, let him who is the greatest among you become like the youngest, and him who is the chief and leader like one who serves. So to be great in the kingdom of God, must you be a servant? Serve, not to be served, but to serve others. He said, for who is the greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table in the world? But I am in your midst as one who serves. I'm so, I marvel at Jesus. He didn't have to come to earth. He didn't have to do all that he did. He could have come in a chariot. He could have just, you know, gone from place to place that way, but he walked. He was amongst his disciples. They asked him to, to come and heal them. He would go and heal them. He did all those things that pleased the Father. Next scripture. He said, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. I want to ask you, are you serving in any part or any place? Are you serving at the church? Are you helping with the ushering? Are you helping with the hospitality, helping with the children? What are you doing to serve somebody? in church and out of church. I've got a neighbor that I guess he's losing his house, his grass is up to here, and he's depressed, and so I'm going to ask my gardener, what does it take to, to go and help him mow the lawn? You know, and this, this gardener is not, I mean, this neighbor is not too friendly to me. As soon as I moved in, they found out we were Christians, and they, didn't, they were not too friendly with us. Hey, it's all right. I give them Easter baskets. But the mother is so afraid of us. She takes, when her little kids are out in the front yard, she takes, don't, don't say hi to them. Don't say hi. I mean, what do you think? I got a gun or something? What do you think? <laughs> but but the, so now they're getting a divorce. You know, it's not good to come against the anointed of God. It really isn't. I don't wish him any, any ill will. But when you start acting that way, you're coming against God. And God says, I will judge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen? So he says, I have come not to be served, but to serve. The thing to do is you have to serve. When you serve, and we're going to look at this later, you get a benefit from serving. God works in your behalf. I can remember my wife when we were in our first church, uh, we were in charge of the, um, I was in charge of the children's church which is not, I didn't really volunteer for that, but they said, you know, you'd be good in children's church. And I go, just because I'm short, right? That's what it is. <laughs> you thought I'd be at their level, right? I said, don't you know who I am? I'm supposed to preach the thousands. You got me here with the children. And so God spoke to me and told me, this is where I want you to be for a while. And so I was there, and then the Lord called me up. And here's what he said to me as I was counting the money for children's church to get a puppet stage, he said, if you're faithful in counting the little church's money, I'll make you over the big church's money. That's the way he talked to me. That's what he, he said to me. I said, who, who said that? Where did that come from? A month later, the pastor called me up and he said, we've been praying and we want to put you over the finances of the church. I go, really? Praise the Lord. I know, I know. He said he was going to do that. That, so my wife now, she's not in children's church ministry with me, and I was over the finances, and we had a tape ministry. Uh, the guy, he did a lot of preaching all over the world, and he went places, and he sent his tapes, and we had a lot of tapes that we 
duplicated at the church. And so he, he says, uh, so uh, I, I looked at these guys, and they're carrying these duplication uh, machines and the tapes, and I'm going, man, I'm glad I'm not doing that. Whew. Boy, praise God. Bless you, my, ch- my child. And all of a sudden, they quit, and then my wife comes to me. She says, you know what? I feel like I should be in charge of the tape ministry. I- I'd like to take that over. And I said, no. <laughs> because if she joins, guess who else joins? Me joins. <laughs> we had to get a whole different car. We had to get a, like a, a SUV, which weren't that popular then. And we're hauling duplication tables and we're uh, machines and we're taking tape boxes all around and we go to conferences. We went to Cleveland and I used to be able to sit in and listen to the messages, but no, not now. Now I'm helping in the tape ministry, blessed be his holy name. And so (laughs) we're outside. I barely got in to hear anything and I'm out there duplicating and working with my wife and the minister who we had never met before, comes out and he looks at me and he said, are you guys believing for a house? I said, yeah. He said, the Lord told me to tell you he's preparing a house for you. I said, praise God. My wife got a little more passionate. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And it took us a year before God had finally prepared a house for us. We put a for sale sign on our little condo, and it didn't sell because what? The Lord was preparing a house. He didn't want us to be discouraged. Just keep doing good. I am preparing a house for us. Then he spoke to me, buy your mother-in-law's house. You'll be happy with it. We did. He provided the funds. Why? Because I was a servant. The Bible says, lose your life and you'll gain it. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen? That's what we have to do. This is so important. I mean, there's faith, there's love, there's worship, and there's serving. Jesus said, I serve. I want to show you how you can serve. So let's see what he does here. John 13, 2 through 5, and supper being ended, we skip a couple verses, he rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, his outer garments, took a towel and girded himself After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he has girded. I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a minute, but keep going. John, there they are. There he is, washing their feet. And they're kind of like, hmm, that's a little unusual, isn't it? Here, the king of glory of all majesty on high is coming down and stooping down and washing somebody's feet. Let me ask you, how far are you willing to stoop down and wash somebody's feet or take care of them or do something that they need done? Oh, I'm too busy, Pastor. I got my own problems. I got my own situations. I got my own concerns. I can't reach out and do that. But Jesus, before he's going to be crucified with all that bearing down upon him, washes their feet. Why? Let's see what he says. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I just did to you? And they're like, no. (laughs) Washed our feet. Yeah, we got that. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You ought to do it. He was giving them an example. Next, Next scripture. For I've given you an example that you should what? Do. You should what? 
do. Now, in those days, of course, they washed feet because they came in from their journeys and they had sandals and they were in the poop and the mud and the dirt and all that and the clay. And so they had to wash their feet. He says, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, if you what? Know these things. Do you know these things? You know you're supposed to do that? Then what? Do them. <laughs> Praise God. I know I should be serving at the church. I know I should be helping out Pastor Chuck. I know I should be taking care of some things, but I'm busy. I'm preoccupied. I've got things I have to do. He said, blessed, 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 happy, joyful, and with blessing, if you what? Do them. Okay, let's go to... Okay, we did that one. Let's do another scripture here. Philippians 2, 3, 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Is that not true? Okay, let me talk to you about four things about this feet washing, which is kind of amazing in my mind. And you can just leave it right there. The first thing is you have to be secure to wash someone's feet or to be a servant to someone. You, you can't think, okay, if I do this, they're going to think that they're better than I am, right? You have to be secure in knowing that you belong to God. God loves you. He has a place for you. He's watching you, and he's, he's going to bestow upon you blessings if you do what he, he says. Your success comes from serving God. We're not trying to impress people because you know what? We're in the customer service business. Did you know that? We are representatives from heaven called to this earth for a mission, and that's to reach at the hurting mankind that's here. And when they see you do something out of the ordinary, reaching out to them because they have a need, all they can do is stand back and go, whoa, <laughs> who is this? You say, that's from the Lord. The Lord told me to do this. And as you do that, you'll see them change. You know, I went to uh, Walmart the other day. And uh, I, I was looking for some communion wafers. I couldn't find them, so I was at the checkout stand, and the lady said, did you find everything okay? <laughs> you know, they always say that, right? Did you find everything okay? Uh, yeah, not really. I'm, I'm missing some. Well, would you like me to help you? No, that's okay. Do you want me to call a manager? She went above and beyond just saying that, did you find everything? She said, if it's anything that you need, let me know. I'll do it for you. Do we get up saying that to people, our friends? Is there anything that you need? We hope to God they, sit, they don't say anything. <laughs> if your kids said that, is there anything that you need? Yeah, could you clean up your room? <laughs> could you obey a little bit better? Could you, could you get a job? You know, could you do... <laughs> One minister said that he, was, he goes to San Diego to relax uh, in between service, in between, you know, from Sunday to Wednesday. And so he goes to this one spot and he met a homeless guy. And the homeless guy, you know, he, they strike up a conversation. It's been for a couple of years. And then finally, the minister says to the homeless guy, can I help you with anything? You know, hoping the guy didn't ask for much. And, and he said, well, you know, it's kind of cold now outside. And I know there's an army surplus store in San Diego that if we just drive 25 minutes, I can get me one of those coats, those army coats, and I could be warm. He said, okay, I can do that. Now, remind you, remember, this guy's a homeless guy. He doesn't smell too good. Got to put him in his car for 25 minutes. So this was Sunday night. He asked him, 
So my friend, he does whatever he does, goes to the movies, goes to his favorite mall, restaurant. And so Wednesday, when he's all done with what he has planned, he goes and picks this guy up and says, okay, I'm ready to take you to uh, the, the Army surplus store. So he drives him for 25 minutes. He gets the jacket. He comes home, drops him off, and he's feeling real proud of himself. Hmm, look at me. I'm a servant of the Most High. Look what I did, Lord. And the Lord spoke to him and said, well, why did it take you so long? He asked you on Sunday, and you went on Wednesday after you've completed everything that you wanted to do. Meanwhile, he's cold on Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and you waited to Wednesday night. Why did it take you so long? And he just broke and said, you're right, Lord, you're right. We wait till it's convenient for us. When I can fit you into my schedule, I'll serve you instead of being instant in season and out. So that's what we have to do. We have to be listening to the voice of the Lord. And so Jesus got on his knees to uh, wash these people's feet. How far are you willing to go? Second thing is, we are preoccupied with ourselves. Now, the amazing thing is, these guys come in to eat. They got their dirty feet. And there's usually a basin and a towel there for someone to wash uh, their feet. And these guys don't even recognize it. They just hop over it. Okay, where are we going? What are we doing? Just happy to be there. Hello, Jesus. Not my job to wash feet. I don't know who it is. Now, Jesus could have, what, told one of them to do it. He had money. He could have hired somebody for the Last Supper. But he took it upon themselves and showed them as an example. This is what I'm doing to serve you. Amen? So we have to look at that as not being better than anybody else. So, so many of us are, are tied into our self, our ambition, our problems, our issues, our desires. We got our excuses. We got things that we got to do. But God said, you want to be great? Put those things aside. Serve me. You know, you serve God by serving people. Did you know that? How can you just serve God and God's got all these prayer requests backed up in heaven waiting for somebody to you know, accomplish them in life. And when we are used by him, he says, this is a good servant of mine. I've got to bless him. I've got to take care. I've got to promote him. And we're going to see that in a minute. So the second thing is, don't be so preoccupied with yourself. You ever see people go, go by a mirror and they can't help but looking at themselves? <laughs> Tucking this in, you know, putting that up. Okay, I'm good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> always pulling and tugging and moving and shifting praise God <laughs> the third thing is when you wash someone's feet it's a little bit of an embarrassment for the person that's getting washed is it not if we had a foot washing service today how many of you would be willing to have your feet washed not I see the girls can raise their hand most of the women but the guys come on we got bunions, we got calluses, we got corns, we got ingrown toenails. We get, we get you get pedicures, right. You, you guys got an advantage. But us guys are not, these are fishermen. These are guys that had stuff drop on their feet, fish that, that stink. And you ever seen these toes, you know, that are not even? One's longer than the other, and then you got one that's in like on an island all by itself way out here. 
And so when, you know, you, ladies, when you put your sandals on, you got this thing you got to push over to get it in the sandal so that you, you'll be looking good. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not getting too personal here. <laughs> but it's an embarrassment because our feet tell us where we've been, tells us what we've been into. You know, you might have had some some past hurts that you've been into, some, some secrets uh, that you have hidden that you, you want to cover up. You might have a deformity or an unbalance or a scar in your life. You picked up something maybe in your childhood that you're carrying around with you. you maybe you have a first marriage that you have some hurts that, that you're carrying with you. God says, I want you to wash them, to love them through what they have gone through. You know, the, the people, some people that you have to serve, they're not the most lovely, the mo the mo not the most polite, not the most friendly. Sometimes they hurt you, they offend you, they say things against you, but you still have to serve them with the love of God. Amen? These people may be weary in their life. They may be sore and tired of the situations they're going through, but you bring a spark of life. You bring some hope to them and saying, I love you and God loves you and I'm going to do this for you. And what can they say but uh, blessed God that has taken care of me this way. Amen? Amen? So we have to be able to, and you know what? We're talking about washing feet, but it's not just washing feet. It's washing cars. It's helping babysitting, it's buying lunches, it's doing that little thing that they need and to love them so that they can feel the love of God. Praise God. Amen. So the last thing is, the fourth thing is, anyone can do this. You don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to have great elegance. You don't even have to be spiritual. All you have to do is be willing and God will use you. You don't have to look for a thank you. You don't even have to wait for an invitation. You don't have to say, well, I didn't know you needed that. I, I didn't, you know, my, my neighbor's lawn is like that high. Oh, I, did you need help? I didn't know you needed help. <laughs> Some things are obvious, aren't they? So we can be used of God, we can walk with God, and we can be uh, instruments for his righteousness. So in, in conclusion, let's look at the benefits of serving. You ready? Let's see. Let me see. Clicker lady. One more. Oh, go back. It, oh, there it is. Five things real quick. You are doing the will of God when you're serving people. Did you know that? In Galatians 5.13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love... Serve one another. Serve one another. You're called to serve. Amen? You're doing the will of God. People want to say, oh, I just want to do the will of God. Uh, how about serving? <laughs> Can you do that? You don't have to be qualified to do that. You just do it. Second thing, God rewards you according to your deeds. Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as to the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. Amen? You will receive a reward. You know, God counts our rewards. He's not unjust to forget our work and labor of love, that he's going to bless us when we get to heaven, even now. God's going to bless us for what we've done for others. 
He's not unjust. He's not ignorant. He's not just turning the other cheek. He's watching, keeping track. You know, sometimes my wife says, I don't really get a lot of people saved. I go, but yeah, but you're helping me, and we're getting people saved, and we're bringing people to the Lord and getting them to know the Lord more. So three, you are being used of God to answer prayers. Romans 12, 10, and 11 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Wow, outdo one another. You do something good for me, Richard, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to do more. <laughs> you know, married people could use this to outdo one another in love, right? Amen? But no, they I'm not doing that. Praise the Lord. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in the Lord, serving the Lord. Be fervent. Be excited. Let God work through you. Amen? Number four, we all know this one. God helps you in your need, Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things will be added to you. What things? Whatever you need. You know, a funny thing is, and I was talking to Patricia about this, that she had a pain in her back and her shoulder, and it was bothering her for months upon months. And we prayed for her, me and Tommy prayed, and it would go away, but it would keep coming back. Couldn't figure out what, what the story is with this. But God had an answer for her. And so, why don't you come up and tell us what happened to you? Good afternoon, everyone. Well, about a year and a half ago, I was actually um, in my house, and I had fallen and hit the corner of the door. And I thought I broke my collarbone. And so a couple of days, and I just kind of left it at that, you know, took some aspirin, left it at that. And then about a couple of days later, you know, my, um, I was driving my son to work, and all of a sudden I had this pain that was so bad that I thought I broke a bone. And when I was coming home, I was crying so bad that my daughter never seen me cry as bad as I was crying. So she took me to emergency, and they ran some tests, and they seen that there was an inflammation in the bone and the neck area, and, um, but they told me I didn't break my collarbone. But as t uh, you know, after coming out of that, I came home, took some medication. They had to give me like two shots of morphine. That's how much pain I was in. And um, so then that was like in April of 2012, right? I think it was 12, 13, 13. And then I kept on working in the church, kept on doing, you know, you know, my work here and stuff. And boy, it started getting worse and it started getting worse. And I ended up getting frozen shoulder. And um, th at that point, it was like October. We had just did the festival here. And I told Pastor Chuck, I got to step down. I am in too much pain. But it wasn't just that. There was other medical issues that were, you know, that were attacking me. I was getting so attacked, you know, in my body. And how many, know, how many of you know that the enemy, he tries to come and he tries to, he tries. And I say try because we are, we are overcomers in the Lord. And he tried coming that whole year. And I had an op a major operation that I had to have, not on my shoulder, other parts of my body. And then I was dealing with my shoulder. They couldn't put IV on my, on my left side. They couldn't do anything because my shoulder was so in pain. Come to find out, the doctor told me I had two vertebrae that were deteriorating on my neck. 
which were putting pressure on one of the nerves that was causing the pain. So, you know, they're like, oh, we give you some shots. We can give you spinal shots, this and that. And I'm like, I don't want a spinal shot, Lord. I don't even want them to give me a shot. So here I was sharing with Pastor Chuck and, you know, um, explaining to him the pain. And Tommy would help me and pray for me. And, <laughs> you know, it would go away for a day. And then, boom, the pain was bad. Now, how many of you know that when the doctor asks you, from 1 to 10, 10 being the worst pain that you can't even, you can't even tolerate it, you know? Well, I was beyond a 10. I was like at a 20. And the doctors were trying to give me medication. I couldn't take the medication. I was vomiting all the medication up. So I was like, God, I need your help, God. I need you to deliver me from this pain. And I had, of course, who, how many of you know that the body of Christ is really important in our life? The reason why the body of Christ is really important in our life is because people pray for you. When you're going through a bad situation, whether it be spiritual, mental, physical, financial, people are praying for you, and those prayers get lifted up to our Father, and our Father answers those prayers. You know, about, um, so I kept on dealing with the pain. So about a, couple, about a month or so ago, my mom suffered a mild stroke. Now, I can't do any lifting. I can't do, I can't, I went from washing dishes I went from a, uh, having my business to no longer having a business. I went from making money to making no money whatsoever. I went from having what, you know, my needs met from my physicalness, you know, and getting out there and doing it to not being able to do nothing. And, you know, there's just so many things that we have no idea what our examples can show. My son, Dominic, um, when I came to him and I explained to him, I can't do this anymore now, he told me, Mom, I don't know. You know, I've always seen you being as a strong mom. I've always seen you being the one that does everything. And I told him, I can't do it anymore. I can't. My son took on the bills in the house. You know, my daughter helped with the food, you know, and my daughter-in-law-to-be um, took over cooking. And how many of you know that when you raise your children the way they should go, they will remember the good things that you taught them, they will remember that the way the Lord showed love to them, the way that as a mom, I was a single mom too, so it was not easy raising my kids. But through all that, I got blessed with my son supporting us. I got blessed with my, my daughter-in-law-to-be. I got blessed with my, my daughter. All of us, all of my kids pitched in while I didn't work. I'm still not working. But every day, those bills get paid, the rent gets paid, and everything else. Okay, I still could not, and, I, and I, about 95% of my chores went down where I couldn't do any of them, okay? Coming all back to this, okay? This, I, I'm telling you this because it's not just one thing. When we serve God, and, and, and I deposit, and I call it deposit into this church. I, 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 I did the, um, the hospitality you know, I, I helped Mary Ann, you know, I tie the, you know, what I, I had, you know, and, and I deposit into the body of Christ. And with that, God, you know, put in my children's heart, put in people's heart. I had people come up to me and give me money in this church because they knew I, I wasn't working and I got bills paid. I had people come and bring me food and, you know, just the miracles of God, you know, and how God intervenes for each and every one of us. Okay, coming back into a circle, <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I had to say all that because it's not just one thing. It's, it's many things that the Lord does for us. My mom ended up with, um, with, with having a mild stroke, and it scared all of us. You know, it really did. I mean, I, I, I love my mom dearly, you know, but I couldn't, you know, I, I, I was limited. You know, I really couldn't do much. I wasn't feeling very good. My health wasn't, I wasn't feeling good, like, at all. You know, I don't know what it was, but I just wasn't feeling good, and I wasn't, you know, being able to get up and walk and do a lot of things that I was doing. It was just a really hit attack. So what ended up happening was my two sisters were, you know, really stepped in, and they always helped my mom and stuff like that, but they were really tired because they were at the hospital with her literally all the time. And my mom lives next to me in the same complex. And so one day I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, whatever I could do, Lord, just give me the strength and the, and the power to do it. So when my mom came back from the hospital, she lives upstairs, by the way, and I was having trouble walking, like literally the strength. And I said, if you can help me to help her, you know, I will do it, Lord. And I went home, I called Pastor Chuck, I go, I feel so much better, I feel so much better, boom, pain hit me again. Well, when she came home that week, and I stepped out in faith, you know, and I started to go to her house, and I knew, I knew it was going to be hard, because Franya cooks for me, because she knew how much pain I've been in. And so I, I, I started getting up, and I started making her breakfast, and I started walking up those stairs, and going and say, taking it to her. And the more that I did it, I started noticing the pain was going away. And then all of a sudden, I just started like that whole week. And I, t I tell Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck, I go, I don't have any more pain. And I go, you know, I don't know what happened. But I'm talking about the whole neck, the whole shoulder, the shoulder blade is just inflamed. You know, and I go to the doctor and the doctor tells me, you know, there's nothing we can do for you. You know, but I just want to recap what Pastor Chuck was talking about when you wash somebody's feet. When we step out in faith and we are, we're in our own pain, just like Raina, you know, when we're in our own pain and we step out in faith and we forget about ourselves and remember what God planted and planned for us to do that day, he's going to heal us. He's going to deliver us from every and all oppression, every sickness, everything that we could think of. He's going to, all our prayers rise up to heaven, and he hears those prayers. And because I stepped out in faith and because I, I helped my mom, he healed me. He delivered me. And it's been a year and a half, let me tell you. And I thank God that when we deposit in the body of Christ, whatever it is that we need to do, God's given us all a gift. We got to use those gifts. We can't sit around and not do anything. We got to get out and step in faith and believe that we are able and capable of going out there and helping. Amen. So praise the Lord. Amen. Well, that goes right into our fifth point. You develop in your spiritual growth. Listen to this in 1 Peter 4.11. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. As she said, Lord, if you'd give me strength, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen? If you want to step up in your serving, step up in your giving to the Lord of your heart, your soul, your strength, your, your abilities, why don't you just bow your heads right now and let's just ask the Lord, 
Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I be of service to you? What are the things that you've put in my heart that I can give to others? People in situations around me that I know I could help them. So, Father, by your spirit, I think if you just talk to your people, let them know that they can serve in church and out of church. Church, as we go, we need help in ushering. We need help in hospitality. We need help in children's church. If that's you and you said, Lord, I, I, I can do that. I can serve you that way. There's a sign-up um, sheet at the back of the table there. So, Father, I just thank you that you put it in our hearts to serve you with gladness, to serve you with a heart that loves you and wants to be with you, be used of you for your glory. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Hallelujah.